welcome to the Principles of Success podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shana Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week, we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. Hello and welcome back. Today, I am joined by Connecticut's Assistant Principal of the Year, Dana Perez, and we're chatting about creating quality and engaging professional development. As you head into the new school year, Dana will share some great ideas and structures for creating highly effective PD opportunities for your campus. This chat is just in time for the start of school. Speaking of which, I wanted to quickly share a tool I've been using to help me get organized with social media for our school. Class Intercom is a social media management platform specifically for educational use. You can use it to manage all of your profiles and include staff and students with creating content. How incredible is that? I'm telling you, it is a game changer. Visit classintercom.com to learn more. Now on to the show. Welcome Dana Perez to the show. So glad to have you here. So excited to be here. Thank you. I'm really excited to talk about all the things we're going to talk about. But before we dive too far in, I know you and I have had a chance to get to know each other, but can you tell our audience a little bit about you? Sure. So my name is Dana Perez. I identify as a Latin female, um, first gen. I think that's important because it definitely drives my instructional practices and how I show up for my students as an educational leader. Mm. I originally went to school to do business. I envisioned myself, you know, in the high heels, walking through the business world. And then I (laughs) (laughs) graduated and I went into the workforce and I was like, whoa, this is not what I want to do. I was a little bit at a loss as far as where do I go next. Um, I had always really enjoyed working with children. I volunteered at a homeless shelter, working with students um, in their tutoring program. And when I went back to figure out what I was going to do, I took one of those, you know, the traditional career test, and it showed up that I should really be in education. And so I went back to school to be a school counselor. Um, and I wound up actually coming to Connecticut. I was in New York at the time applied for a job in Danbury, Connecticut. And at the time, Pat Joachim, who was the principal of Rogers Park Middle School, really wanted me at her school. I speak Spanish and there is a, our ESL numbers were growing at the time. Now we're at about 44% of our students at our school, our ELL learners. Um, And so I got the job. She took a risk on me. (laughs) I got the job as a school counselor Um, And then I went to Westside Middle School Academy. They opened up a new middle school in our district. And I really wanted the opportunity to be part of a brand new building. I thought it would be really cool to see what that process is like. And Dr. Frank LaBanca, who's the principal at Westside Middle School Academy, you know, he was the person who really saw something in me in regards to being a leader. Um, And he really kind of pushed me to go back to school to get my admin degree. Um, And Here I am today. I'm actually, this is my fourth year as an assistant principal. Dr. Christy Zalita, who's the principal at my school now, Rogers Park Middle School. When she hired me, she too saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. Um, She really wanted me to be part of her team. Um, And I'm super grateful to her and this opportunity because I'm learning constantly every day and I really enjoy the opportunity. 
Um, and since then, this is kind of where I'm at. I was just announced by the National Association of Schools, Secondary School Principals of the Assistant Principal of the Year for the state of Connecticut this year. So that Congratulations. Has been, that is you. wonderful. And so that's where I'm at. And that's my journey in education so far. And I'm excited to continue this you know, journey of advocating for our young learners. That is amazing. I love your story. And I was also a business major, never thought I would take this path. So it was so interesting yeah. that we're here together. Yes. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what are some of the responsibilities under your umbrella as an assistant principal, because that's different everywhere. It is. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of a catch-all and I think it really depends on how your building principal views you and your role in their building. I have been blessed to be partnered with an, a, a building principal who really values assistant principal's input. Um, she doesn't just see us as a dean of students. She really sees us as a partner to her and, you know, a true partnership for the building. So I do a combination of discipline, planning for professional development, really kind of outlining our vision and mission for the year and for where we want to see our school, you know, parent engagement. How do we increase parent engagement? I have been kind of really involved in our English language learners and increasing their student achievement overall and working with the staff that impacts that directly works with our English language learners. So at my building, it's kind of stepped down from the uh, principal role. She really sees us as instructional leaders and puts us in a position where we rise to that occasion, which I really appreciate. Yeah, I love that. I love that you're getting such a well-rounded view from Mm -hmm. your perspective. And I want to talk a little bit about one of the areas you mentioned, which is creating the PD. Mm -hmm. So creating meaningful teacher PD, what does that look like to you? Mm. So when I think about creating meaningful PD, I look at it from two pieces. One is, you know, what do teachers need to improve their instructional practices? And what is your student data showing you that teachers need? And so when I say student data, I'm not just looking at achievement scores. You know, we do a lot of work around student feedback surveys, you know, empathy interviews, parent surveys, teacher surveys as well to kind of, you know, decide where are we going next and what does our building need, both the teachers and the students, in order to improve student achievement and student experiences at our school. Yeah, so I want to I want to dive into that a little bit mm-hmm. and I want to get in your head as you're creating your PD. So as you're designing your your PD modules or your your pieces, what are essential elements that you feel must be in those PD sessions? Mm-hmm. So one, I think it definitely needs to align with what teachers need. Two, I think what is also essential is what's tangible. How what are they walking away with? that aligns with their current practices that they could quickly embed. And so, for example, you know, we at our school really pride ourselves on building meaningful relationships with our students. We think that in order for them to truly engage academically, they need to feel safe emotionally as well as physically. And we think the emotional safety comes from building relationships. And there has been a big focus at our school around culturally responsive teaching practices. We have a large, diverse student population. Um, And we recognize that we ourselves need to become more vulnerable in figuring out who we are and how we show up in the classroom and how that might be impacting our learners. And so this year we did, we focused our professional development on culturally responsive teaching in the brains of Retta Hammond's work. Um, And what we did when we, I guess, as far as essential is how are we going to use her book? 
in order to support teacher learning because adult learners is very different than student learners. And how are we going to do it in such a way that it's actually going to positively impact their instructional practices? And so we also look at the calendar. So like many districts, we are challenged with the time we have available to do this type of learning. And so I think what is also important is that what I've learned through planning professional development is it can't be one day PD. Um, Mm. That does not work. Similar with students, right? One assembly around bullying is not going to stop their behavior in bullying. Um, And so I think it needs to be something that you are dedicated for the whole year and you weave it in and out of what you're doing throughout the year. And it and it's always in all of your PD that you do for the staff. And I also think that you need to create, it needs to be engaging. Can't do st- like stand in front of the PowerPoint and just right. click through. It needs to be engaging. So I think of it also like as a teacher, right? Like what are your teacher practices that you would use mm-hmm. in the classroom to increase student engagement? And the same thing comes through when we're doing professional development for our teachers. Yeah. And so that was exactly going to be my next question for you. (laughs) So thinking away from the stand and deliver model Mm -hmm. that we all have been accustomed to, what are some ways you spice it up a bit to keep it engaging? Yeah. So uh, various different ways. So for example, choice, choice, I would say ed camps, right? So like choice opportunities. Um, And you can do this different ways. You could either do like a catch-all, like if a teacher, you have teacher leaders in your building, we all have teacher leaders in our building who are really well-versed in Google Docs or really well-versed in how to use Flipgrid or how to use Edpuzzles. Or you have teachers who are really diving into CRT work um, or they're really diving into grading for equity. And so you may want to create a day, like an ed camp where you pull these teacher leaders and you give them an opportunity to facilitate these PDs and then teachers get to choose from the variety of offerings where they get to go. So now they're definitely invested in their learning because they get to choose what it is that they want to do. You could do it as where it's a wide range or you could align it to what your vision is for PD for that year. So, you know, and another way to spice it up is we did this year, like I said, we focused on um, culturally responsive teaching but we used independent studies. Um, And so there was options. Teachers can do an independent study on grading for equity. They could do an independent study on um, cultural relevancy, or they could do an independent study on um, implicit bias. And then they were, we provided them a wide range of podcasts to listen to articles to read. um, And then they had to do their own presentation that then we did a jigsaw and then they went and presented it to their peers um, but in small settings, what I have found through professional development is anytime you're doing PD, if you could make it smaller, makes it much easier for the teacher to digest. We have a large staff. We have 1,071 students. So, you know, pulling them all together in the cafeteria is it has never really worked well for real diving deeper. And so any opportunities you get to make the group smaller is definitely has been beneficial Another way to make it engaging, like we ask our teachers to go through the safety manual every year. And, you know, while that could be a mundane activity, (laughs) (laughs) it is essential. And especially now with the times, unfortunately, it is a requirement to go through that manual. So, you know, we used our breakout boxes. Um, So we created a breakout box activity where teachers were going through the manual in order to find the answers. And so they were naturally reading through the manual. We made a mundane activity fun and competitive 
while ensuring that they were going through the information. Also, it's modeling good teaching practices for the teachers mm-hmm. as well. So without you even having to do an additional PD on teaching practices, you're embedding good teaching practices into your PD. So they're seeing, oh, this is how I could use breakout boxes in my classroom. So I want to explore that a little bit. So someone is not familiar with breakout boxes. Mm-hmm. Can you define that a little bit? Yes. So a breakout box essentially is a box um, and it has a lock on it and there's multiple locks on this lock and each lock has different codes. So you could do a key, you could do like four letter codes, you can do directional. It's really, you know, what you want to do as an educator. Um, and usually what you do as far as like the fun part is you could put candy in the box. Like once they open it up, like they're the winners and they get whatever's in the box. Oh, the that's codes. fun. Mm-hmm. But each, obviously you give them clues along the way. You could give them two hint cards. Um, and so question number one, they have to read the question and then figure out the answer. And then the answer gives them the code to open up one of the locks. And the goal is to open up, let's say six locks on the box in order to get in. Very exciting. And then I wanted to ask about the independent study. Mm-hmm. So if I'm hearing you right, you do you curate the resources that they're they're looking at and then they bring that back to the small yes. groups? Yes. So, you know, something that I have also found and we have found when building professional development is you do want to be able to provide the staff with as much of the resources as they need. Um, I think if you eliminate that obstacle, then all they have to do is focus on really doing the learning. Um, When you make a space where they now have to go do something in order to get into the learning, I think you unknowingly or unintentionally, you create resistance. And then I think that it could fall apart and it's going to be hard to bring them back in and and be invested in this activity. So we, we do all of the work. So our August work is planning for professional development. This year, what we did is we actually created a website and in the website was all of the, all of the. PowerPoints that went along with our each PD cycle. And in addition to that, were all of the information that led to the various independent studies that they could do and the links to all of the different articles and podcasts. So, you know, they had the opportunity to utilize outside articles and outside podcasts or books that they wanted to bring into it. But we did provide a robust list of articles they could use for their independent study too. That's great. And as you're talking, I'm hearing... If you're a teacher at your school and you've been teaching 20 years or two years, it sounds like you can kind of choose your own adventure so that you're feeling like your needs are being met. Am I, am I hearing that correctly? Yes. Yes and no. You know, there are some, some experiences where it's a choose your own adventure. And then there are some moments where it's a kind of a choose your own inf- adventure with a focus um, mm-hmm. that aligns with like the vision and mission for that year. Got it. Mm-hmm. So let's think about next year. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm imagining this takes a lot of time to put all these pieces together. And I'm anticipating you're probably already thinking about next year and what the PD looks like. So can you walk us through kind of that beginning part? Mm-hmm. How do you start to put it all together? Mm-hmm. We are already planning PD for next year and have been for actually a couple of months now. And the way it actually started was um, Dr. Zlita, my building principal, is really now that we've been doing this culturally responsive teaching work, we really want to move forward towards building an equity statement. We have been talking a lot about professional learning communities. I mean, we realized too that we came back from the pandemic and no one expected what we expected when we walked in this year. I think, I think all educators across the country might say the same thing. And so 
we're like, wait a minute, we need to go backwards a little bit. Like, yes, we want an equity statement, but we really need to revisit our, our vision and mission. You know, are those core values that we valued in 2019 pre-pandemic still who we want to be? And then, so that is our hope for next year is we're, we're kind of kicking the ground off with coming together as a staff, revisiting our mission statement, revisiting our vision statement. Are there things we need to change? And if so, how do we as a community, what does that look like as a community? Um, and then doing an overlay on our equity statement. Um, we don't have one right now and we recognize that we do need one. There's definitely have been some stuff at our school around behaviors that have happened both within the staff and within the students that have made us pause and really think about you know, our climate and culture and really think about how do we make sure that our policies and our practices at our school are accepting of the most marginalized student. Mm-hmm. And so that is some of the work we're doing next year. Um, and we feel that that work would really then create a solid ground for our professional learning community work. Um, so our hope is to get to a space where we're creating teacher leaders, because we really true, truly believe that by offering teachers an opportunity to meet in a group collaborating around student data, instructional practices, and planning for what's coming next based off of what just happened can really have a positive impact on student achievement. Um, We actually, as a middle school staff, we have three middle schools in our district. We, as administrators, did our own book study on PLC+. And so we are using that work to now push it forward next year by doing our teacher leaders, working with our teacher leaders, and then moving forward. So we're building activators. So that is what we're already planning and once again, like I said before, we look at our calendar and kind of see what days do we have available. And we do a lot of like backward designing because mm-hmm. you do need to do that. We don't have a lot of time and we have zero dollars. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we really kind of go from June all the way back and we're like, how do we want to do this? And, you know, how do we kick it off in such a way? How do we center the why so that it's really mm-hmm. meaningful for teachers and teachers? You know, you rally the team behind you. You know, you're always going to have those people who are like, I'm not going down that path. Like, that's not something I want to do. But how do you create the why for the majority? So that those who don't necessarily want to jump on board, see everybody else kind of getting invested. And they're like, all right, now I want to be part of that team. Yeah. And I think that was one of the things I picked up as you're talking to is it is a lot of work on your end to to help coordinate all of that. But a lot of that is free. Correct. You don't have to bring in the consultants or the companies to lead the PD. It's all within the walls of your building. Correct. All that expertise. Yeah, it is. And I really think too, like, I think there is a responsibility on the administrator to deepen your own knowledge, right? Like Mm -hmm. there is, you do have to read, you do have to stay current with current trends. You do have to attend conferences. You know, there's always, even, even the worst conference, there's something to pull away from it, right? Like, I was sitting in a professional development around our new Marzano framework and the instructor did this really cool like um, family feud activity, but it was all around getting you to remember the different pieces that he taught us throughout that day. And, and while maybe the, the whole experience might not have been the best experience, I was like, oh, that is such a cool activity to do, right? And so now that was free. I experienced it. And so now we can embed that into what we're doing next year. So I think there's always an op- a space to learn, but you have to open yourself up to learning. So I think ethically as administrators, we do have to take that on and we do have to do it in order to bring rich PD to your staff. That's great. And now thinking about the the opposite side while you're planning PD, are there any things you try to avoid, any pitfalls? Mm, yeah. So 
I think what we try to avoid is that whole just standing in the front of the room to deliver PD. I think something that is essential is definitely planning ahead of time. You have to have it planned because like we all know the day starts and it gets ahead of you yes. and you don't have time. <laughs> if you're trying to build the, profi- the the PD slides five minutes before the actual presentation, it's going to fall short because you yourself are not prepared to deliver that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's critical that you are well prepared before you're going in front of your staff because the adults will eat you up alive. <laughs> If you Absolutely. you are not ready, they will eat you up alive. And so I think it's it's critical to be prepared, well prepared. I think it's critical to have multiple strategies embedded, right? You have to have your learners moving, whether that is, and you also have to have them change who they're sitting with, right? Because you don't want them always sitting with the same group of teachers they work with all day long because their learning will also get stagnant. And so you want them to, you have to create opportunities for them to go meet new people within our building um, and meet new, new, meet other teachers. I'm like, we had, I had an awesome experience with one of our PE teachers who started, who wound up with one of our ELA teachers through one of our activities. And just in that experience found out that they were reading a book that talked about water. And so the PE teacher started to do an activity where kids actually had to carry buckets of water so they could see what it feels like to have to be in this position as a student. So they created, it was almost like an SEL opportunity. They created the real life learning experience while the teacher was obviously going through like the literacy piece of it. And that that just came from, that wasn't even part of what we were trying to do in PD. That just came from an opportunity where they were able to mix around and meet new people in the building because our building is so large. We have over 150 staff members. So you could go months without seeing somebody on the first floor because you don't have to. I also think that the modalities in which you're teaching learner, like you could use a PowerPoint, but that shouldn't be the only way that you are delivering information. You should have books. If you can't get books, how do you embed articles? How do you do different ways where they're doing independent learning and then they speak to each other to bring different ideas to the table? And then what are they what are they walking away with? What's your expectation? Are, how are, what are they doing with it afterwards? Are you expecting that they start using this in your practice? You know, something we've done a lot too is how do we tie it into their teacher evaluation so that they recognize too that you know, the expectation is that this is something we want to see you using in your classrooms. That is incredible. So much information there. So good. I'm I'm absorbing it all because I'm thinking I'm going to go into action now and start planning for next year. <laughs> so that's so great. All right, Dana, we wrap up all of our episodes with our fast five. Uh-huh. So one minute or one sentence to these five questions. Are you ready to go? Yes. Okay. Favorite leadership book? I would say Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. I love her focus on really getting to who you are as an individual and how you show up for your leaders. Favorite app? Ooh, probably podcast app or Audible. There's so much to know. <laughs> Best Amazon find for work? Mm, so I do Dance Party Friday, so I would say the Oons Angle Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> dance Party, that sounds fun. Favorite song to put you in a good mood? Oh, that's big, but maybe Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody? And one tip you would tell your first year assistant principal self. Mm, Be humble when you stumble because you're gonna. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So good. That is so good. 
All right, Dana, if listeners want to connect with you, where should they find you? Um, so I'm on Instagram. You could find me as Assistant Principal Perez on Instagram. Um, and, you know, you could also just Google me, Dana Perez at Rogers Park Middle School and email me. Um, and I also have a Twitter account as well. Also Assistant Principal Perez. Wonderful. Dana, thank you so much. Again, congratulations on receiving Assistant Principal of the Year for your state. That is amazing and so well-deserved. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me today. This was awesome. Big thank you to Dana for sharing her beautiful mind when it comes to planning a meaningful PD plan for her teachers. If you had some great takeaways from this episode, make sure to share with a fellow leader. As always, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, this is Dr. Shana Henry with the Principles of Success podcast. Podcast.